Hi everyone, my name is Kate. And I'm Kara. And you're listening to Artwise. Hello everyone, welcome to Artwise. I'm here with a guest and I I will let her explain herself to you (laughs) so that I don't have to. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and talk a little bit about what you're on Artwise to talk about this week. Yeah, so my name is Kara. I'm the owner of Swallowtail Studios LLC. I just officially got an LLC this year, so that's pretty exciting. And I'm pretty much mainly here to talk about or normalize rather not getting into something sooner so for me that was obviously that's art i didn't start taking myself seriously until very recently because of like ideals that i've had beforehand and whatnot but yeah it's okay to get started late awesome okay so i have a question really quick actually about the llc so i'm actually in the process of potentially trying to get an LLC for my business, but I wasn't sure if I should do a sole proprietorship or an LLC or something else. So just for for my personal, because like I need to ask, because I'm asking everybody I know right now, I'm like, which one should I do? How did you come to the conclusion of, oh, I, okay, I think I should do an LLC for like, you know, to have like like my tax ID number and all that. Like what, what drew you to that as opposed to like a sole proprietorship or something else? Honestly, I did the LLC because that's what both of my parents did. My mom has a business. My dad ha- and her currently have a new business that they're doing and- They actually use this agency called Northwest Registers Agency. I can send you a Northwest Agency and you pay them. They do everything for you. It's amazing. (laughs) So you don't have to do all the hard work to get your stuff together. I can send you. You can send me that. I would yeah, totally, I, I would love to do that. I was thinking I was just going to fill out an application. I know someone who's a notary. I was just going to have it notarized and see if I could do it that way. But like, I I just wasn't sure like what, which one would be best for my, my business as like an artist. Cause like I, I'm a one, I'm a one man band. I, it's just me. Same. So I'm thinking like, oh, sole proprietorship would probably be good. But then someone was like, no, don't do that. Because if you if you get sued by someone, they can come after your personal assets, like your car, yeah. your house. Yeah. And I was like, oh. An LLC is its own separate with, entity. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. With my luck, I'd get sued. And then someone would <laughs> steal my car and my home and I would just be in a box on the street. So I'm like, oh, maybe I should go with an LLC. I'm not sure. But yeah, I just wanted to ask about that. Yeah, on their website, they have more information about what each one entails. Mm -hmm. So they have a ton of information on their website. And you can pay a team to put it all together for you so you don't have to do any heavy lifting. Because I'm not good at that crap. (laughs) I have a... Oh my gosh. I, I don't... I don't know. I can probably talk about this, right? I just got a letter from the IRS. I screwed up my taxes for 2020 so bad. I owed so much money. I, I don't even know how because I was like certain. I was so confident too. I was like, you're like, I got is- it. <laughs> I was like, man, taxes are so easy. You just like turbo Wrong. tax, like <laughs> you put on all the numbers and then like I get a letter and they're like, you owe like so much money to the IRS like right now. And I was like, oh my God. 
how? And I was like looking at the papers and it was like, if we made a mistake, let us know. And my parents were like, you need to make sure everything's right. And I was like looking at it and it was just like gibberish to me. And I was like, it's probably right. I can't imagine that I did it correctly because I like (laughs) no one taught me how to do taxes. But like I tried my best. I was really confident. I was like, for sure, this is definitely right no i screwed him up so badly and i was so panicking too because like it's never good to get like a fat letter from the irs no not and i've never i never hear artists talk about taxes either i know that's not why you're here <laughs> why you're here to i pay them to do that taxes, too but... i'm over i can't <laughs> yeah no i can't do it i feel like the exact same way <laughs> they do that for you also that's a service that they do they will do your taxes for you That's amazing. I need to, yeah, you got to send me that because I, you know, I've been the freelance. So I don't know how much you know about me. I've talked about this a little bit before on the podcast, but I work in eight to five. I actually just Mm -hmm. recently at the time of this, at the time of recording this uh, last Friday, it's, it's like the middle of March right now. Last Friday, I actually like quit my eight to five corporate America job and finally joined the great resignation and I'm trying to put like shift all my focus into my business now and I'm like it's probably time that I get like an LLC and get like a tax ID number and probably get a separate bank account for business expenses and all that. At least start with a separate bank account because then it just it just makes that separation for yourself. Yeah yeah I'm definitely gonna do that like as you soon as separate savings account. possible. Yeah, yeah. I know a couple of people who have like their own businesses yeah. and they're like, yeah, just get at least like a separate bank account because then at least if you are buying something for your business, it's like all in one place. And then yeah. if the money coming in from your business is all in one place and you can just give yourself, you know, like a paycheck. Right off. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just to make it easier. So, but yeah, just to start out, now we're done talking about adult taxes. things. No one ever talks about taxes it's with artists, awful. though. That's like the thing. Well, it's important. It sucks. It's, but it's like important too, because like you definitely no, don't want. You don't want to get a letter from the IRS like me, a surprise bill for like $1,000 for no reason. Like, thanks for that. I can't imagine that I screwed it up that badly, but I'm going to trust that they're right because I, I, don't, I don't know, probably. But uh, let me just ask you, how did you begin your journey as an artist? So I know you are already talked a little bit about kind of starting out like a little bit later but like what what was that story for you as like starting out as an artist yeah so it was always kind of funny because I would hear because I listen to podcasts and they ask that question to everyone and they're always like my parents took me to museums like my parents were artists I started when I was three years old and I'm like I started kind of drawing in middle school I always had a sketchbook but it was never seen as an opportunity for me to make something out of it because everything I've heard either have to be a teacher or there's no money in it. And I was like, okay, what's the point of that? And honestly, ever since I was little, I wanted to be a police officer. That's all I wanted to do up until I ended up joining the military. Like that was my entire reason for joining the army in the first place was I wanted to be a police officer. So I did that like right out of high school. Two months after I graduated high school, 
joined the army, had that entire experience. And what's sparked the initial, this isn't right for me, was like the uniform thing. I did, <laughs> which like, I'm, I'm so proud to have it. I'm honored that I was, I went through the things that I did to be able to wear it. Not that I can anymore because I'm retired, but I'm like, I don't, I don't think this is right. Like something didn't feel right. But then after my training and I got hurt really bad, was like an entire 360 from the personality that I had and what I thought I was and wanted to be was just not what it was. So like my entire life wanted to be this thing, realized my body and my mentality could not handle that. And I had to find something else. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what am I good at? What do I like? Which is another thing that I've seen a lot on social media. People are like, I've done what I was supposed to do my entire life. And now I have no idea who I am. You know what I yeah. mean? I can definitely so, relate to that too. I've, I say that recently I'm like, I'm, I did everything right and I'm sitting here miserable, you know, and even like as someone who is that person that was, you know, doing art pretty much since birth, it was really, my parents really encouraged me because they know that I've always been really into art. So my experience was very different from yours. At the same time, I was encouraged to go to art school, go to college. I couldn't afford to. So I went to community college for graphic design. And then I got a corporate job in graphic design. And that was something that I was really encouraged to do because otherwise, like, what are you going to like do freelance? Because that's not consistent and that's scary. And are you going to do, you know, something else? Because, you know, that's not consistent. And that's. Yeah. And that's the other thing is the nine to five consistency thing. Look at the last two years. Nothing is consistent. Oh yeah. Like you can't rely on anything but yourself at this point. Like that's another thing that's it for me. So I'm like, like if nothing is certain, I might as well go out and do, try to at least try to do the thing that I want to do, which going back to the, the reason I kind of started do art again was like as a, a healing mechanism because it was working out like I was mm -hmm. I almost had a six-pack I was like 10 pounds heavier D dude I was I was pretty buff it was amazing I could <laughs> pick up and fireman carry 200 pound guys for reference I am five foot tall I joined at 128 pounds I'm 145 right now it's a much better way for me but <laughs> I came back at 150 just like stacking it it was awesome but going from that to not being able to just to find a method to heal myself was blah, so such a strange experience. So how, what, what kind of, I'm curious, like what role did you play in, in the army? Like what, what did you do there? I was part of a, a reserve, a reserve unit. So I was a reservist, mm -hmm. which was a it was a combat support hospital unit. It later turned into a field hospital unit, which is smaller. So it's a pop-up tent hospital, basically. You had pharmacists, you had doctors, you had uh, like the eye technicians, like for glasses, all that kind of stuff. So I was a nutrition care specialist. So I dealt with all the food aspects of everything. So I learned how to cook there and basically how to run a military kitchen. Okay, cool. So upon like retiring from the military, what what was the story behind that? Did you just retire and then like 
you just found art again? Like how exactly? (laughs) Not that simple because actually very soon after I had joined was when I got hurt. I had Mm. two really bad hip injuries. I had an injury in both sides. So right when that happened was actually right during the very, very last part of my entry training. And the years after that was spent trying to get them to compensate me for my injuries, which never ended up happening and trying to learn. Yeah, it it was a mess. And trying to learn how to be, how to exist without being what I was initially, because I couldn't do any of the things that I enjoyed doing anymore. Mm -hmm. It was absolutely terrifying. I mean, I was really excited to get like the surgeries eventually, because I'm like, this is going to make me better. And here I am. Well, actually, I had my surgeries while I was still in. I did years of physical therapy. I've changed my diet, my exercise routines. I have to always be on top of that. I can't eat certain things because it causes inflammation. can't wear certain things because it sits weird. But I actually really started drawing again because I realized like when I was hurt, I was trying to come back and go to college. And while I was going to college, I was going to try to go for criminal justice because I'm like, I still might as well try this. Absolutely hated it. naturally. And I had to take an elective. So I chose a drawing course. That was the only thing I liked. And then here I am a couple years later, I have my visual arts degree. And I was like, okay, so I don't want to do criminal justice. My body can't handle being a drill sergeant. My body can't handle being in the military. And I like drawing. So what the, (laughs) it was, it was very gradual from like, unfortunately, there wasn't no like switch that happened right away until this last year where I was like, I'm an artist. You would actually be surprised how many people have obviously not the same story as as you. Obviously, like everyone's story is different, but a similar like sense of like, you know, not realizing that they're an artist until later on. I've had a couple of guests who come on. Uh, I know uh, Jocelyn, her episode should have come out a few weeks ago. It hasn't come out at the time of us recording this, but, you know, she's an artist who had a similar experience as well, where, you know, she felt like she wanted to do other things and then got to college. And then her, her roommate actually was an art major. And she was like, so jealous of all the stuff she was getting to do for her assignments. And that that's how she made the switch so like it's just it's really it's really like more common than you would think and like that's something that I think is really important to like raise awareness to is like yeah it doesn't have to be right away if you realize at 95 years old that you're an artist you're you're just as much of an artist as the person who was born out the womb painting like yeah you know (laughs) that's something else that's really great about a lot of visual arts is that it doesn't take such a toll on you that you have to retire at a certain point. You only get better up until you could, you're literally kind of on your deathbed. You can mm-hmm. paint until your very end, which is something that I find comfort in because <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I, like even standing on my feet for 12 hours a day, like I can't do certain jobs. Yeah, no, I. it's kind of making me think of, oh my gosh, I cannot, how can I not remember this artist's name? Frida Kahlo. I'm like, why don't I remember? Frida Kahlo. Yes. Perfect example of this. Perfect example of this. I don't know if you want to weigh in on Frida Kahlo. I don't know if you have any strong feelings about Frida Kahlo, but... I know she had a lot of conditions that left her pretty much bedridden, and she would paint looking at herself in a mirror that was on her ceiling. 
right? Oh, yeah. So basically, for those of you who actually, I think we have a full episode about Frida Kahlo. So if you haven't heard of her, or (laughs) it's very old. It's one of the first episodes that me and Diane did back when we were doing season one together. But essentially what happened to Frida Kahlo was she was very young when this happened. Like, I think she was like 19, 18, 19. She was on a bus. It was like a bus or like a streetcar, like a public transportation thing. Gets off the bus because she forgot her umbrella, gets on a different bus. And that bus ends up getting into this like really severe accident. Lots of people on the bus died and she actually had a pole go like directly through her body. I don't remember exactly where but she was very very severely injured and basically bedridden for a very long time and she was bored and her family like ended up building her this like thing where it was like a mirror on the top and like an easel and it was like made for the the bed so that she could paint while she was laying in bed so for this entire time while she was recovering from this injury all she did was paint And she went and found like this muralist who was like the famous local artist guy. And she's like, I want you to look at my work. I think I'm like a good artist and I want you to check out my work. And uh, he was like, no, but they they ended up getting married and they were married for a really long time. And he ended up really liking her work. Her story is like actually like really amazing, but she is one of those artists that her whole life she had a you know, complicated health problems and and lots of issues from not only from that accident, but I think she had like polio or something too as a child. So she just had a very like sickly, sickly, lots of health issues like throughout her life, but she never stopped painting and she never... She never let like her health issues stop her from creating too. Like it's it's a really, really good story. It just it made me think of that because yeah. art is something it's healing, really. Like it it's is. really healing. Ironically at first, it you know it was actually kind of ironic is when I first is like when I really started to get back into art again and I wasn't as good as I wanted to be. It actually caused a little bit of stress because I was like, wait, no, this is the only other thing I like. No, I can't. But then that's where the, the like the dedicating yourself to the practice and just pushing through it comes in. Oh yeah, I that's something. I think everyone who does art struggles with that too. I I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I have had some brutal art block for the past four years, just in terms of making art for myself and making like what I want to make. Because four years ago, when I started working like a corporate job, it like sucked all the creativity out of me. And like all the art that I was making for, you know, my graphic design job, it was like, it literally like made it almost impossible for me to make the things that I wanted to make. And I'm still like trying to pull myself out of that. But I think leaving that environment too, that corporate environment that's very structured and like, you know, yeah. <laughs> and not eight to five is like really going to be helpful for me as well. But like, I think that's something that a lot of artists struggle with too. And I, I constantly am on a daily basis reminding myself that creating bad art isn't a crime. And if I have to make some bad stuff to get back to the point where I was before I started working in corporate America, then so be it. I'm just going to have to happen. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that a lot with people that go to art school also. It's like they'll 
they'll go in and the creativity is just sucked right out of them because they're expected to do things an entirely different way or yeah or even like in strictly an academic way and they're not taught how to use their creativity they're just taught technical skills to the point where anything outside of that is like not a thing or like shouldn't be a thing yeah and then they drop out I have a couple of friends who've dropped out of art school and I I feel really fortunate that I wasn't able to afford to go actually because I I think it would have really hindered my creativity as much as it probably would have been good for my technical skill. That's like something that they do really push. I did a pre-college art program that was like a summer program when I was 17. That's how I met Diane who started this podcast with me. She was also, she was my roommate there, but it Like, I remember them saying, oh, you have to focus on your technical skill before you can do creative stuff because the technical skill is, like, you know, more important. And then you have the skills to, like, do the creative stuff. But I don't believe that. I don't believe that anymore. It's, they're intertwined. I I did it first, especially for people that want to maybe go into drawing comics or. Oh, yeah really enjoy classical style painting or even just like I'm not great at color theory I'm working on it (laughs) color theory is my worst worst thing when I'm trying to do something that looks realistic that's the thing because I'm like not everybody's meant to work that way which is totally fine and then you'll have the professors that'll say you can't don't draw don't draw anime in my class. Don't draw comics in my <laughs> class. Don't draw these things in my class because they're not going to help you be a better artist. But if you honestly, I think there's like a fine line to it and it's not black or white. Like I feel like studying anatomy is going to help your, your comic drawing like it, but not to the point where you're told you can't draw comics because it's not art. You can't draw anime because it's not art. I freaking love anime. I can't draw it though. Uh, I can yeah, draw everything else, but I can't draw anime. I drew anime in middle school, and actually the, the anime hate propaganda that we had mm-hmm. to sit through and listen to in, like, high school art classes. And I totally, like, was for it, too. I was like, yeah, I hate anime. Anime's bad. <laughs> and, like, I, I was totally, like, against it. And I was, like, all for, like, learning the technical skill and learning all of that stuff. And I was... I was one of those people that like very much believed that kind of like art school mentality of, you know, learning technical skill and putting that first and foremost and like getting yourself to be good before you allow yourself to be creative. But I uh, now as an adult, especially as an adult who really struggles with creative blockages, especially when I am not able to do whatever I want. And that that's like the biggest issue that I have is like, not being able to do whatever I want, making, making art, you know, like on, so essentially like my, my job as a graphic designer, I was a production artist. So it wasn't even like I got to be creative. It was just, I was like a machine swapping out like logos and colors and like setting things up for print. And, you know, I used illustrator and I made art, but I didn't get to be creative. It was all sports related. I don't, enjoy sports and never no. have never <laughs> watched sports in my life it no. just it, it was draining me it was exhausting me of you know all of my energy to create things that I actually like and I think art school does su- that 
very similarly for a lot of people because they're expected to, even though they get to have more freedom with what they're making, you're expected to focus on the technical aspect. And that's like another thing too. That's like a whole nother can of worms. There are artists, artists like Bas, oh God, I don't, I always butcher his name. Basque, Basque, I got to look up how to pronounce it. Basque, Basquia. Jean-Michel Basquiat. Can Google say his name? Anyway, his art, he like called himself like a a bad artist, but his art, it's good. It's not bad, but like it's different. It's not technically what you would expect from someone who's such a a famous like figure in the art world. Yeah, Yeah. that's another thing that I've had the idea of recently is I'm like, art used to have had to have been a certain way however many years ago to record history to record religion to record spirituality like all of those things it was very important for that aspect of things whether it was worshiping deities or again recording history so it kind of had to be almost perfect you know what i mean and now we're at a point where that's entirely not necessary anymore like if somebody 100 years from now wants to know how everybody does everything they're going to look up the freaking tiktok code <laughs> look at it like, there's i mean you can still look at look at art but it's not the only thing that's recording history is written text and freaking paintings yeah yeah that's true so another question that i had for you was uh, do you think that your life experience has affected your artwork and your artistic style oh of course but in the opposite way you might expect because using Going back to using art as a healing mechanism, the person I used to be before I really got into art and started to express myself with it and started to learn how to express myself with it, I was a very masculine person. I was very, I shoot guns, I throw grenades, I can beat you up. I've taken karate, not karate classes, I did once, but I did (laughs) martial arts, I did jujitsu, I did boxing, wrestling, all of it. Like I was a very, very masculine person. So anything with the idea of being feminine was absolutely terrifying. I wanted no part of it. Let me just show you. I paint butterflies now. (laughs) Like (laughs) It's what I've learned is through my art very recently is that I'm, I mean, obviously, like I'm a feminine being and that's fine. Mm -hmm. That's good. It's okay that I'm not built a certain way to go do the things that I initially wanted to do because that's not who I am. Mm -hmm. So I had this block for a really long time that I don't don't know, like very, I was had this realization where I was like, it's fine that I like these swirly lines. It's fine that I like to paint fairies. It's fine that I like glitter. Like I'm like in my head, like, why wouldn't that be fine? And that was a huge breakthrough for me because I was like, I don't have to be this very masculine thing that has to like protect myself. Mm-hmm. Like I can, I can be soft. I can be feminine because I'm a, I'm a freaking woman. It's fine. <laughs> so that was another struggle that I've actually went through with being hurt and then healing myself, not only physically, but it healed me a lot emotionally. Yeah. that I can be feminine through my artwork. I'm still pretty badass, but not to the point. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be no. like, run about it. Yeah, no, like, I, I feel the same way, like, and butterflies, like, you can be whatever you want, like, it doesn't matter. That's, like, the cool thing about being, like, a human, 
is like it doesn't matter like liking painting butterflies does not make you any like different of a person than if you like to paint giant man-eating monsters or robots or something I don't know (laughs) something else (laughs) I don't know what I thought would happen if I let myself enjoy the color pink but something (laughs) I I still can't wear it color on me oh my gosh as a as a child I hated pink I wanted nothing to do with the color pink I think it's because I was like bald until I was like three like I just didn't grow hair my hair is very very thin very fine and so my mom would like dress me all in pink because she wanted people to know I was a girl and then as soon as I was able to vocalize that I hated the color pink like I would flat out refuse to wear it up until like I got into high school and then I was like this is actually a nice color and now my hair is pink yeah I love it it's been thank you it's been pink since like my junior year of high school on and off I normally do pink in the summer and then I'll dye it dark for the winter which doesn't make any sense but you know nothing has to make sense (laughs) nothing does make sense that's how yeah that's pretty much where I'm at right now I'm like whatever So another thing that I wanted to ask about your art specifically is you you said earlier that you are very diverse in like artistic mediums. So I was just wondering, like, do you have a favorite medium that you like to use? Yes, I absolutely love ceramics. Me by trade, I'm going to I'm painting, drawing like those are Mm -hmm. my go to what I want to do. But my favorite thing to freaking do is throw ceramics like on the wheel. That has been the one of the only things that has ever turned my brain off. Like, uh, you know that you know the feeling? I mean, it's yeah. constantly all the time. That was the only time I ever noticed there was nothing going on in there. And I was like, oh, ooh, this is nice. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so funny that you say that because I was just talking to someone about this the other day. I don't know like how how much of like a spiritual being you are, but everybody always hypes up like meditation. Can't do it. I can't sit down and, and empty my brain for my life. It just goes. But the only thing that stops my brain from going is art. That is the only time I can like meditate. And it's well, that is your meditative state. Yeah, it is art. But like a lot of people think of meditation as like sitting in a quiet room, sitting at the top with their legs crossed and like doing do like that, the vocalization. But it's yeah, rather difficult if first if you're stressed out or you have anything going on. But I like to use like a method called induction, I think it's called. And you either imagine the room is like filling with water. So you're just you're just conscious of where your body is in space. So you're giving mm. yourself something to focus on rather than trying to make your brain quiet. Because my brain does not go quiet. I will have to try that because my brain's the same way. It just doesn't stop. And I have to, I don't know if you noticed this about me from the interactions that we've had like through Instagram DMs, but I don't have like an off switch and I have to constantly be doing something. So I pack my schedule to the point where like, okay, I wake up at 7 a.m. I work until, you know, 5, 6 p.m. And then, you know, I have to have like a podcast recording scheduled or something scheduled. And then after that, I have to make sure there's a meeting there. And if I have any time to think, I will lose my mind. <laughs> so I don't I give myself time. It's not. Wow. <laughs> it's not healthy. Don't. No one do what I do. <laughs> I I used to be like that. It's not good, but that's what I do. I, I, if I give myself time to think, I panic. So I just 
and then I feel productive too. So I feel good at the end of the day. I'm like, I got so much done today. <laughs> it's yeah. not good. It's so bad, but that's what I do. That's how I work. <laughs> I mean, unless you're getting stuff done, right? Yeah, you would think, but also like a lot of the things that I do and something that gets brought up frequently on this podcast is like hustle culture and feeling like you constantly need to be working. And oh, I feel God, like that's yeah. the reason why. I do it. But the problem is a lot of the stuff that I'm working on, especially right now with like just starting to like get my business going is not profitable yet. So it kind of does feel like a waste of time sometimes. And that is something that like my eight to five like prevented me from feeling like I was wasting my time. And now that I don't have that and nothing else that I'm doing is making as much money as my eight to five it's just kind of like yeah and that's the other thing is the is the mindset around money that i've noticed in the art community not mm-hmm. that it's getting better but like there's i mean this is something that i'm still working on also my mom made a very good point to me i there was a point where i wasn't working for about two months i was looking for a job i'm, I'm still living at home thank god they they love me <laughs> they my mom doesn't want me to leave but uh, I was I spent so much time trying to figure out how to use my new printer and my camera, all the stuff that I had just bought that were like that's in the thousands of dollars. Like the stuff's not cheap as like a mm-hmm. startup because like I had done the savings to the point where I could buy everything all at once and then learn how to use it, which is probably not a good idea considering how much it is. And then the you're not going to make I'm not going to make my money back for a while. Maybe. Who knows? But I was like so discouraged that I had was like working all day. And at that point, I did not have a job. My mom was home at the time and she's like, you're working. You're just not getting paid for it yet. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But she's like, no, listen, you're working. It's okay if you're not getting paid for it yet. And I'm like, I think I might see what you're saying because it's. It's yeah. like this mentality that something's not worth doing unless somebody else gives you money. Ex- yeah, exactly. See, I feel like I, that's like, I'm in like a similar situation too, because right now, like I, I just, I, I gave notice that I'm, I'm leaving corporate America, great resignation, joined it, but you know, I worked out kind of like a thing with my boss because she was like, you know, we, we hate to lose good people. And like, you know, it's going to be really stressful hiring someone. So, cause she was asking like, did you find another job? Like what happened? And I was like, no, I mean, like I've always done freelance in conjunction with my job. Cause I'm a maniac and I have to be working all the time, which I'm going to continue doing my, my freelance and turning that into a business. But, you know, I was telling her, no, I'm not doing anything different. I just, you know, I've been kind of planning on this for a while. I've been mentally preparing myself to get fired because that's what corporate America does. They scare you by firing other people every couple weeks <laughs> and making you think you're next and you could be next, which is a whole nother thing. But she basically was like, well, why don't why don't you just stay until we're able to hire somebody else? And you know, you don't have to leave like three, I, I think I was going to leave three weeks. And she was like, why don't you just stay until we hire someone to replace you and then you can go. And I was like, well, because they'll never find somebody yeah in all honesty they probably just wouldn't and that's my fear with it now but I I agreed to that which I probably shouldn't have (laughs) but I was like okay you know like I'll I'll agree to doing that whatever if it'll help you guys out because like at the end of the day like 
I, I don't want to work for a big company, but I, my goal, it was never to screw over the people that I worked with. It was just to get myself out of a situation. And so if I could do something to make their lives easier, because, you know, having that same job, I know how stressful their lives are, especially like as management could never be me, could never be me. Oh, I would not, absolutely like not. Like, but that's another thing is you have to just let yourself live your own life and not let that other environment influence your life because it oh yeah it, everyone you know, learn from my mistake you know don't do what i did it's just, just, <laughs> just well, like give, it's, give your notice and go you know and i was also yeah. panicking about money too because i continues to bring this up i just recently had kidney stones i had to go to the emergency room and i have fat medical bills that i gotta pay and it's like if i'm if i don't have money coming in i have no idea how i'm gonna pay those so it was kind of like a combination of everything and i was just kind of like you know what like i i can i can just do this for a little while longer but now that i've said that it's kind of like uh and every time that i like you know take time out of like my free time that I would normally like use to like relax and try not to do anything to work on something that's not making money. It is hard to remind yourself like you're not getting paid yet, but it will come. You're working that's on it. It's just not part. coming in now. And it's, it's, it's so hard. Yeah, yeah. You just have to know that it's coming. It might yeah. like you have no idea how long it's going to be, but this is where like the spirituality part of it comes in is you just have to know what's coming. If it feels right to you, you just have to keep doing what feels right in the particular moment and let it come when it comes because you can't, yeah. you can't freaking fight it. And the more you try to figure it out, the more you're just going to push it away because you're all you're thinking about is how it's not going to work. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is if you're living like your truth and you're living like your most authentic life, like the money will come. And that's like another thing that I feel like a lot of people with like money mindset don't talk about is it's like, if you let yourself do what I did and panic and change your plans all because you're worried about money, I probably am now going to have less money coming in than if I would have done it the other way, because that would have been more authentic to what I wanted to do but it's it's hard to when we like live in a physical world it's hard to trust that like the universe got your back and they're going to be the ones you know sending you your check for like doing what you're supposed to be doing in this life it's just yeah it, it's and hard. especially because there's no most of the time you don't see it coming mm -hmm. but you don't see where your light's gonna come in you just have to trust that it's gonna come in at some point like yeah. i for example i got I couldn't go to work this past weekend. I couldn't go to work this whole week. I'm sick out of my mind. I woke up with a fever this morning and I was like, oh, what the hell am I going to do? My, like To refill my printer with ink, it is just about $600. I have oh to fill gosh. this printer very, very soon. <laughs> so, But what ended up happening is somebody emailed me because like, I sat down for a minute. I lit <laughs> I lit my money candle that I made. I have a money jar. I have a money candle. It just helps me focus my intentions. Um, I need to make those. They're, they're so fun. It. But <laughs> anyways, and I'm like, I don't know how this is going to work. Like I, and somebody ended up emailing me from a video I did. And he sent me a picture of this painting that I had done and not even, he found a picture of it unfinished, sent it to me. And he's like, how much is it? I want it. And I'm like, bro, it's not, it, it's not done. <laughs> so I sent him a picture of it finished 
and it was like pink and blue and it was like a fairy i'm like he's not gonna want this thing he's like how so if somebody wanted to buy something from you how would you, how'd they do it like i can use Ve- i like i use venmo i can use paypal go through my website i could list it he's like well what's your paypal account sent it to him and that amount of money was for the three days that i missed working that I was scheduled to work. Exactly. Oh my and I was gosh. Like, Bro. <laughs> so oh, the painting wow. is on, on its way to him. I'm so happy she found a home. But it's like, it's little stuff like that where it's weird. You never see it coming because she wasn't listed in my site. I didn't post about her, finished. And somebody found it after a video I did, did very well on TikTok. And he wanted it, which has happened to me twice. Oh my gosh. It's so crazy that you say that. I was just talking to someone about this yesterday. It's always too, like the exact amount that you need. Never yep. more, never less. It's <laughs> yeah. always, okay, like I want, like I, I was I was talking to my, my artist friend, Avery, who was also on the podcast pretty fairly recently. And I was telling her, look, you got to get, you got to get an iPad and Apple pencil because, you know, she's trying to get into more digital art. Yes. She has a lot of- I love my iPad. Yeah. Yeah. And I was telling her, I was like, you, you gotta do it. And she was like, okay. And I was like telling her, you don't need anything fancy. You don't need the pro. You don't need the second gen pencils. The same stuff does the exact same thing. Just get like the cheapest iPad, like 300 bucks. The Apple pencils, a hundred bucks, 400 total. And you can do all the same stuff. And she was like, okay, 400 bucks. And then it's like crazy. Like she literally like got her tax return. It was the exact amount that she needed for the iPad and the Apple Pencil. And it's so funny because she's like, I don't know if I should spend it or if I should save it because like I want to go on this trip or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, they gave you the exact amount for the iPad and you're (laughs) not going to get it. (laughs) Uh, You you got to listen to the universe, man. It's, it's like, a sign. Yeah. It was the exact amount that you needed, dude. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, it's my it's, favorite. It's my favorite. It's thing. weird when you are just when you let when you allow yourself to trust it. Good things do happen. Unfortunately, it doesn't happen as quickly as you may want. And unfortunately, like life just happens, and you gotta work around it. But it's yeah, cool how that does punches. Yeah, I'm it's pretty crazy. good at taking hits though. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. It be, it be like that sometimes like I I'm I'm waiting for things to get really good and I I think I can wait for a, for a while like I'm pretty patient but you know it's like awesome. it's hard yeah <laughs> uh, do you mind asking telling me how old you are I don't think I asked I'm 22 oh cool all right so I'm gonna be 25 at the end of this month And something that I've kind of had the realization of recently is that we all have, perspectively, if nothing goes wrong, chronically, we all have so much more time than we think we do. Yeah. Like, people say, like, life is short, but also we have so much more time than we think we do. So me being 25, I have at least, with medical science gets better, three more lifetimes to live after this month. It's three more times I get to live 25 more years. Yes. It doesn't seem like I can't comprehend that in my head right now, but just this year with the amount of just pushing my goals forward and focusing on them this year 
I have not even been on TikTok for a year and I have almost 8,000 followers. Wow. Like just focusing your intention a little bit and the amount of stuff you can accomplish in one year. My parents ended up selling and buying a new house. We all moved to Georgia. Like, I think it's important to learn how to have a healthy relationship with time and be comfortable with it in terms of you don't have to rush yourself. Because a lot of self-made million billionaires, it didn't happen for them until they were in their 40s or 50s. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even feel like time exists anymore, if I'm being honest. It sounds crazy. It's like like everything is happening all at the same time and also not – and also not. I'm a fan of Einsteinian time instead of Newtonian time, whereas the theory of Einsteinian time is that it's something that is internal and cannot be measured. Mm -hmm. Versus Newtonian time, which is time is a definite thing that can be measured. It's very, it's very interesting. I've read about it. Okay, that but, feels that feels like how I feel because I just don't. The time is everything is so weird. Like I, I don't, I don't like getting too into it because I just, I, I spiral. But <laughs> I have no clue. I have no clue what's going on. I have no idea. And Nobody like does. I'm. I'm like trying to like be comfortable with the fact that I have no clue what's going on. And it's just like, (laughs) it's so difficult. It's so difficult to just be like, I have no idea what's going on and I won't. And it's fine. Cause it's like, no, I, I want to know what's going on. (laughs) I don't want to know. I just want to live my life. Like that sound. I just want to live my life and lay in a bed of moss with my lover. (laughs) Live my my life slowly. That too. I don't know. I, I I feel like, I don't know. I feel like my time like flies for, for me personally, like the past four years, like don't even like feel like they happened almost like just because of the way that time just like seems to like f- fleet from me. And it's just, it's insane because I, four years ago, like didn't even have my my degree that I don't even use to finish. And I hadn't barely, I actually, at that point, I just started like my first semester of college, I think. I don't even know. And like, that's like the thing too, is I was also at a job that like was like entry level, like working as a graphic designer at a custom Mm -hmm. t-shirt shop with like completely different people in my life than right now. And it's just, it's insane. It's insane how like, how fast things can happen. And like, you never know what's coming either. Like you have to be so open to just like accepting like whatever is offered to you because- That's something I'm getting right now. Yeah, it's crazy. Letting it happen. Cause at this point, the more I try to control it, the more, it spirals out of my control and the more I let it go, the more it seems to just do what I want. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just like, here you go, astral projection energies. Like, I don't, and it's like, okay. And I'm like, oh, I guess it's fine. Yeah. No, things are insanity, bonkers, crazy (laughs) all the time, constantly. So crazy. So another question, which I have been asking pretty much everyone who comes on the podcast, because it's important. Well, these are the last two questions, but everyone gets asked them. They're kind of, they're kind of shadow worky, but it's fine. I'm sneaking it in here on purpose. 
<laughs> for everybody. But the first one is, what is some of the best advice that you've gotten as an artist? The best advice I've gotten, I have actually looked for myself and it wasn't directed to me only. It, I've started doing research just in business and I came across Gary V and Bob Proctor. Todd Borelli is another one that's who's actually on TikTok. He's awesome. And the main one was the, those talks about everyone's relationship with time your relationship with yourself and your self-awareness and your mindset towards the things that you want or the things that you feel like you don't deserve, but you do want. And so it's not like one piece of advice. It's more of this like collection of things that I found through studying myself and realizing mm -hmm. that I can study myself and that I wasn't who I thought I was. So I haven't ever gotten art advice from any one particular person that has brought me to where I am, but it was more my own research and my own cause to my own craft. And in trying to understand yeah. myself that I came across these questions that allowed me to paint a bigger picture for myself, or at least allowed me to understand that I can create a bigger picture for myself. Yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. I don't think I we've gotten that yet. So the next question kind of ties into the first question, but it actually makes a lot of sense with the answer you gave. So it's if you could tell your younger self wanting like wanting to kind of like, on the path to end up where you are, basically, if you could tell your younger self anything, what would that be? Like regarding your art career, anything? It would, well, the one thing that I would tell her is would just be to like trust yourself mm -hmm. because for the longest time I just did not for a whole bunch of other types of reasons not including including my love to draw stuff so if I could have a sit down with younger me I'd be like Get get your nose out of your diary, you angsty little piece of... Anyway, <laughs> she was such an evil little piece of... She's a totally different person. I was too. fascinating. Was too. Just be like, listen, you're going to be fine. Just pick your chin up and just let it happen. <laughs> just, just trust yourself. I don't yourself know. Let it happen. I don't know what it is about being like that age i'm assuming for me it was probably like between like 12 and like 15 yeah it's i so don't know what it <laughs> is about being that age that makes everything feel like it's the end of the world and that like everything is going to implode but like your boyfriend uh, doesn't message you back for like 30 minutes oh god end of the world no literally like there's just something about being that age it's like makes you feel like everything like everything is like life or death it's because like nothing well hormones for one that that's probably that's probably the brunt of it yeah no it's like not having to deal with like you know like adult stuff mm -hmm. so like all the little things that seem to like someone who has more life experience that seem kind of like not a big deal seem like oh my god this is the worst thing that's ever happened yeah. to me because it, it probably was the worst thing that ever happened to me at that point in my life <laughs> but yeah no that's crazy 
All right. Well, we are coming up on an hour, so I think it is finally time. Self-promo time. I still need to make music for self-promo time. I need to make that a priority <laughs> for, like, for like this week. I need to like sit down and like, you know, try and like come up with some music for my self-promo time little segment. But yeah, this is your time. Anything you want to promote? promote social media how people can find you how people can support you how they can contact you get in touch with you any services you provide where's the ways to find your business kickstarters gofundmes anything that you have that you want to promote now is the time so i'll leave the floor to you all i really have social media wise is my instagram and my my tiktok page both are swallowtail.studios super easy to find and all I have right now, website-wise, is my square, Squarespace. So it's swallowtailstudios.squarespace.com. And if you are looking for commissions, at this point, I do do commissions. I haven't gotten any yet, but I did just open them up. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Is there anything that you wanted to add before we wrap it up? Just be gentle with yourself, <laughs> especially if you're just coming up on the point where you realize you don't know what the hell you're doing, it's fine. And healing requires not punching yourself mentally to get out of it, but rather giving yourself little hugs every now and then and just telling yourself it's okay and just letting allowing yourself to exist is fine. Yeah. I love the direction this episode went in. I don't know what I was expecting. So I. Well, I did tell you I was excellent, so I don't think you anybody would really expect me to be like, look at my money candle. Peace and love. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm the same way. No, people don't. Well, I don't know if people expect it from me, to be honest. I've never asked someone, do I look like someone who's into like some really woo-woo stuff? And like, I've never, <laughs> I've never asked anyone that. But like, yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed this episode. It was awesome. Thank you so much, Kara, for being on. I super appreciate it. And I'm excited for this episode to come out. It'll be awesome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. This was great. Awesome. All right. So that about wraps up this episode, guys. We have a Discord server. It's linked in our bio on Instagram, which is at Artwise Podcast. And as always, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, five stars really helps us out. Tell your friends, tell your art friends or people who are interested in learning more about art and they're not sure if they want to be an artist. Tell your friends, tell your friends, listen to Artwise. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And thank you again, Kara, for being on. And I will see you guys all next Tuesday. Bye, everyone.